Hello readers, my name is Jason Jefferies and this is Bookin' brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is New York Times bestselling author, journalist, and Orange Prize winner Lionel Shriver. Her new book is The Motion of the Body Through Space, published by our friends at HarperCollins. Lionel, welcome to the program. Oh, it's really nice to be on with you. I, uh, you know, I spent years in Raleigh, and I have often appeared at um, Quail Ridge Books at authors' events. So uh, this isn't just any old podcast for me. Great! It's an honor to have you here, and um, I wish you were here in person, Lionel. But uh, as we know, the world's a crazy place right now and that kind of leads me into my first question which is one that I am asking every author I've interviewed lately and it's a two-part question the first part is how are you uh, doing in the world right now um, where we are all affected by COVID-19 and two how are you approaching the marketing of your new book during these strange times well you know writers are positioned to uh, do great during uh, self-isolation. Right. I mean, it's, the, it's that's the nature of the business already. Mm. So in an odd way, my life hasn't changed as much as all that. Mm. Uh, and in fact, in terms of the, uh, the meat of my profession, which is actually writing the work, mm. it's been wonderful for it. I, I'm almost finished with a new book, and I have never written a book so fast in my life. Oh, um, I'm starting to appreciate just how much time um, other people are always taking mm. uh, with their other little projects that they want to comment for. You, you know, or they write this little something. It's, it's very, it's very interruptive. Mm. And even having to do the promotional events, which I have all been canceled now, mm. um, is also interruption. And um, and so there's a kind of purity to writing a book right now that I haven't been allowed in years. Mm. Great. Well, thank you very much, Lionel. And let's talk about your new book, um, The Motion of the Body Through Space. This novel opens with the protagonist, uh, Serenata's husband, Remington, announcing that he would like to run a marathon. Have you, Lionel, or anyone you were close to ever run a marathon? It seems like this is something you have very much lived through. I have run a great deal in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never actually run a marathon because like my protagonist, I find uh, the idea of doing an athletic event with thousands of other people flagrantly repulsive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I expect you to take personally because you <laughs> warned me ahead of time that you've want, already run uh, several marathons yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but um, several other people for some of those marathons is a stretch, Lionel. Some of them have only had, you know, less than 100 people, let's say, running them. So, um, over the course of well, a 20... 99 people too many. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you. Um, well, Serenata is a humorous narrator, uh, but also a bitter narrator. And what is it about her husband's ambition to run a marathon that she hates so much? Is this the only thing she is bitter about, or is she just a bitter person? I wouldn't characterize her uh, in a general way as bitter. She she has reasons to become somewhat embittered. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's always been very athletic herself, although in a private way. 
mm. and uh, not in this in this social uh, uh, big spectacle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things her she has a problem with when her husband announces that he wants to run a marathon after having been sedentary his whole life mm-hmm. is that uh, it's trite. Mm. You know, at this point, everybody's running a marathon, or so it seems. And uh, so this is meant, you know, what, that's the first line of the book. Um, I've decided I want to run a marathon. And I want the reader to groan. Mm-hmm. I want the reader to think, oh, for pity's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, the author cannot imagine this is an interesting thing to want to do, mm-hmm. right? And actually, the author doesn't think so. Right. So... You know, and, and the relationship between the spouses about this uh, increasingly consuming endurance sport of obsession uh, on the part of the husband is complicated because uh, it's a matter of territory. You know, the, the, the wife has always owned athleticism, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's also a, it becomes a problem of respect as well because she was pretty accomplished uh, as an athlete um, never won any medals or anything but it's, it's she had her standards and her husband is terrible at it right and you know you just used the word trite and one thing I noticed in the early pages of this novel especially was Serenata's repetition of the word trite as a descriptor for different things uh, what does a gravitation towards this specific word tell us about Serenata's personality um, she's someone who stands somewhat apart from other people mm-hmm. she's sometimes um, regarded as aloof mm-hmm. um, she She's someone who makes her own reality, mm. and obviously, as a writer, I would sympathize with that, especially as a novelist. Um, and she's she doesn't think of herself in a social context. She even finds friendship an effort. She's perfectly happy all by herself, mm. uh, and she is frustrated that she's had a series of private enthusiasms that have been overtaken by the masses and i i've had that experience before i know lots of other people have had the same experience you know you um let's say you really got into quilting Mm -hmm. right and it's your private little thing and you just you make these great quilts and they take a long time and you use all your old clothes and 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 it's and, and it's one of the things that you think makes you interesting. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it becomes a national fad. And everybody's making quilts. And there are, there are all these, you know, quilting bees. And, and it's, not, it's not an interesting thing to do anymore. It's an imitative thing to do. But the sensation is that the rest of the world has started imitating you. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to, that was one of the th- sensations that I wanted to get down in this book because I believe it's quite commonplace. After all, there are only so many things to get enthusiastic about, and there are a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And Lionel, I want to talk a little bit more about this. Um, Serenata does want to be ahead of the curve in um, fashion and tastes of hobbies in music and television. Um, And as you're saying, it kind of pisses her off when others catch on to a thing that she finds pleasure in. Um, Rather than, you know 
saying like, hey, I like this music or I like this television show and now everyone's catching up to my taste and maybe there'll be more of these things that I like. Um, How does this aspect of her personality influence her attitude towards her husband and her husband's ambitions? Well, Remington gets captivated by the larger endurance sport movement. Mm -hmm. And um, therefore he regards this uh, new ambition of his as a social pursuit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Saranata sees it as, therefore, imitative. It's, you know, group-oriented. He gets involved. He later becomes um, c- consumed with the idea of doing a triathlon, one of the really demanding ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to, to Saranata, this is just... It's glomming on to someone else's obsession. It's not original. It doesn't come from himself. It comes from outside himself. Mm. And she can't respect that. Right. Thank you so much, Lionel. Uh, Listeners, we are going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and then I'll be right back with Lionel Shriver. The Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story. One that supports community. Listeners of Bookin' can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin', B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Lionel Shriver, author of The Motion of the Body Through Space, published by our friends at Harper Collins. Lionel, I'm wondering if you could speak towards religion in this novel. Serenata's mother had, quote, responded to ceaseless transplantation by fastening onto multiple church and volunteer groups um, the moment that they relocated somewhere and I believe that the tendency towards religion skipped a generation with Serenata, but then showed back up uh, in the character of her daughter. Can you speak towards why this taking to religion and this aspect of the story uh, was influenced by your family at all? Well, I, I tend to be a little hard on religion in my novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in a religious family, and it didn't take. So, even when I was, you know, eight or nine years old, I was sitting in church, resenting the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't believe it. I felt it was being imposed on me. And I, uh, I, I thought that I was being asked to mouth beliefs that I didn't genuinely share. I mean, again, you know, we were talking earlier about Serenata and, and not liking it when people have, they, they get excited about something because it's been imposed on them from the outside. Mm-hmm. It didn't originate from them. And I guess that's a lot the way I felt about religion. 
Mm. And so the, in this novel also, religion doesn't fare very well. Mm. Uh, the daughter is a born-again Christian and um, is someone who's always had a poor sense of self, doesn't always looking for some answer. And uh, I think we all know that kind of person. They're mm. a little weak. They're, they're always looking for something, again, outside themselves to fill what they are. And I, it's, it often doesn't work. Mm. Um, but one of the reasons that I made the, uh, the daughter a born-again Christian is that it's a, it, it is a novel in a larger sense about religion, but a, a, a secular form of religion. Mm. And the, the novel makes a, an express comparison between the cult of exercise and more traditional religions, um, especially in relation to suffering, because religion often exalts suffering, uh, and, and so does endurance sport. You know, it's, it's a, an act of purification. It's a way that you earn yourself up the spiritual ladder. Uh, it's, it's glorified. And I'm a little suspicious of that uh, impulse to glorify suffering. I'm, I'm kind of down on pain. <laughs> right on. Um, Lionel, I want to skip ahead a bit, and forgive me if I'm butchering this pronunciation, uh, to the character of Lucinda Oconquo. Um, Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Lucinda is introduced through a conversation that Serenata and Remington are having about how one has to be kind of hyper-politically correct nowadays or ex- uh, excommunication. Can you talk to us about how this conversation introduces Lucinda's character and what it tells us about Serenata and Remington? Well, of course, I needed a backstory, as it's called, uh, to explain what made Remington so vulnerable to... Uh, latching on to endurance sport as the answer to his problems. Um, He was ignominiously sacked from his job uh, as second in command of the Department of Transportation in Albany. Um, And it was a job that he took very seriously and that he uh, did, we assume, well. Uh, But he had uh, someone inserted over him when the head of transportation job became available. And it was pretty obvious that she was chosen not because she was qualified, but because she ticked all the diversity boxes. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's a way of uh, explaining his motivation. It's a way of uh, fixing the book in in time and making it culturally pertinent and it's a it's a little risky and i because uh not only was was she chosen for the wrong reasons but she it turns out she's incompetent Mm. and and she's black so that's kind of a (laughs) no-no these days and i i did that wittingly i knew that i was taking a bit of a risk Right. But actually, the, what the scene I think you're thinking of is mm. just a, a, a transcript of uh, his employment tribunal, where you get a lot of this uh, uh, circular reasoning, identity politics stuff, and it's it's written uh, with an intentional light touch. It's it's, it's meant to be funny, and uh, uh, I think that most readers will enjoy it. Absolutely, thank you, Lionel, and. 
there's a moment in this novel uh, when we learn about Serenata's early job prospects and then her education. Uh, does she, and by extension, do you really consider most liberal arts graduates to be roundly unemployable? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid they are. Uh, if I had a kid who was thinking about what to get educated in today, I'd be awfully reluctant to push them into the humanities. Mm-hmm. For one thing, the humanities departments in universities are disappearing. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're, they're shrink- they're, the faculties are shrinking, and the number of students uh, taking their courses is shrinking. And so, I mean, on the one hand, if I had the, that child's best interest at heart, I think I would discourage them from going into any of the humanities and on the other I also think that something uh, really unfortunate is happening and I and I am sorrowful about the fact that studying literature and music and, and other other forms of culture is becoming less popular the odd thing is that what's not becoming unpopular is doing these things Mm -hmm. people still want to be writers they just don't want to read anybody else's work Mm. right and that can be as you know somewhat problematic you have to read to write um well thank you lionel i i want to talk to you about a passage that is spoken by serenata about men and that passage is quote Possibly some men don't always feel up to being the responsible one, the expert, the authority, the one who has to be strong and confident, always the protector, never the protected. That's a tall order. Women nowadays get to choose. We squeal and make the men kill the water bug in the kitchen, and then when anyone questions our courage in the face of threat, we can get on our high horse and act insulted. Pretty good deal when you think about it. Unquote. Lionel. What is Serenata getting at here, and how does it pertain to her view of her husband, Remington? She's being sympathetic with uh, men, for once, and I am sympathetic with men. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I endorse that passage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we're not supposed to feel sorry for men anymore, but I always feel sorry for people I'm not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's really hard to be male now. Uh, that that you know you're supposed to throw out the stereotype of what it means to be masculine, but what do we have in its place besides a kind of feminine template? I I think I think boys now have real trouble understanding what's expected of them, uh, and, and and it's like you lose. It's all just lose lose. You know you're. If you're weak, nobody's going to appreciate it if you're weak. But if you act strong, you're a bully. And I just, I just you can't win. Right. Thank you so much, Lionel. Um, finally, there is a moment uh, in this novel when Serenata is in a line checking into the hotel before the marathon that her husband's about to run. And she's talking to someone else about the nature of the race and how every town has one now. Uh, the person Serenata is speaking with says, it used to be if you wanted to pull in tourists, you'd found a literary festival. Now every dot on the map sponsors a marathon. Uh, 
end of quote. And Lionel, my question for you is, when did literary festivals ever draw tourists? Well, they draw for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, this is a, what lawyers call against interest, but um, <laughs> I never understood why people go to literary festivals. I completely understand the appeal of sitting down and reading a good book. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in, in meeting the authors whose work I admire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can really mess up your ability to enjoy their work because very few of us are as charming in person as we are on the page. And uh, I don't understand large audiences who show up to meet me uh, or any other writer. And I, I find it peculiar. It's, uh, I'm, I'm speaking to you from London, mm-hmm. and in the UK, the Literary Festival is, well, it used to be before Corona came along. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're being cleansed. But um, uh, literary festivals are everywhere. Like, Every town has one, just as I said about the marathons in the U.S. And uh, I'm mystified by the phenomenon. I, I, I would never go to my own events. Listeners, I have been speaking with Lionel Shriver, author of The Motion of the Body Through Space, published by our friends at Harper Collins. It is a fantastic book. Um, I found it to be very on the nose and very uh, humorous. You can order copies of The Motion of the Body Through Space with free shipping from www.quailridgebooks.com along with any other book uh, that you would like to order. Lionel, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Once again, I would like to thank Lionel Shriver for joining me. Copies of The Motion of the Body Through Space can be ordered at www.quailridgebooks.com with free shipping. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN in the promo code space. That's B-O-O-K-I-N to get three months of audiobooks for the price of one. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this has been Bookin'.